0: Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. My name is Mags. Let's start there. That's the only bit I can remember just now. My name is Mags, and um, I'm an alcoholic. And it is so great to be here this evening. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Joe, Tamara, Mayo, everybody, the army of people that does service at Broken Elevator. Um, And I heard you give a little shout out there for people that would be interested in doing service. Um, Such an important part of... What we do in Alcoholics Anonymous and this is certainly a group that I've come to know that dedicates their time and their effort and their energy to carrying the message of Alcoholics Anonymous with um many many speakers um many of them that are on the screen just now that have been a massive massive influence in my recovery um I have to say I feel exceptionally nervous for some reason and I feel exceptionally emotional because as people came into the room, I've seen
1: people that I haven't um, seen for some time um, and it's brought back so many beautiful memories Um from when I first came into recovery and how life has changed from that moment.
0: And I'll share a little bit of that um, as I go through. I will try to get my thoughts into some semblance of order. If I'm really honest, I sat down at 7.30 because it was the first opportunity I've had this week. Um, to kind of, yeah, just to focus for a short period of time. I've been having thoughts put into my mind since the topic was put into my mind. And it was my friend Chris from my home group who said at a meeting, if you are to live long or happily in this world, and the moment that he said it, it was I latched onto that and I've been percolating over the last few weeks about what that actually means to me. And yeah, I hope I can make some sense for somebody in the room. Um, I was speaking with a very, very dear friend earlier this afternoon who helped me um, get my thoughts into a little bit more shape And, you know, when I come to share at Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm here for the reason that I am here, which might be very, very different from the reason that you are here. But the reason why I'm at at a meeting of Alcoholics
1: Anonymous is to carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the big book, our programme of action, Our program of recovery, the one that helps us stay
0: sober, is so beautifully packaged into a simple 164 pages, our basic text. And that's the truth that I try to follow to the best of my ability every
1: single day. I'm not an angel. I'm definitely not a saint but by maintaining this certain
0: simple attitude that it talks about in our big book, Some or Other. Although this book, the words within it, haven't changed in nearly 90 years. The power that it has enabled me to tap
1: into, the words have not changed in nearly 90 years, but that book has had the capacity to change me. And as a result of an entire psychic change, as the result of a
0: spiritual awakening, as the result of only the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, I have a life that is so remarkable. I can't articulate it myself. (laughs) And that's why I will often use the words of the big book and the writers, because they put it, in such a way that makes such simple sense. Whereas when I try to describe things, sometimes I can make it really, really complicated. So what I'll try to do, my friend Bert from New York, we like to dance, Bert, don't we? Um, Kathy and Howard will probably laugh at that.
1: But Bert and I sometimes like to dance. And what we're going to do this evening is dance through these pages. because
0: you just never know what format this is going to take. It doesn't matter what style of dance that you want, but the one that we're just going to do is to take this real slow um, and tap into that part that is greater than ourselves. I love the fact that um, you put up on the screen there, um, Joe, that God is love. And that's something that I've come to believe. That's something that I've come to understand. And that's something that has come true 100% in my life. And I never, ever thought that coming to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous would give me the power of so much love in my life and the power to give that love away to help more and more people as time goes on. And for the newcomers, Christina, 23 days, Andy, 79 days, Joe, 298 days, and Marcy, four years. Incredible miracles, each and every one, each and every one. And Andy, I can identify with you, 79 days in a rehab facility, doing what you've got to do day by day, And the fact that you've already got a sponsor for when you leave is just the best thing, the best thing that could ever happen. And the reason why I can identify with you is because I had to spend three and a half months in a treatment facility because I couldn't stop putting alcohol into my system. So I had to be put away for that period of time in order to get a breath. Before I
1: went into that treatment facility, I was living to drink and I was drinking to die. My alcoholic life seemed, seemed like the only normal one.
0: And when I left that facility on the Friday, I contacted my sponsor. And we started to work this program, like the desperation of a drowning man like it says in the clear-cut directions within our book. And you'll find that, Andrew, in Bill's story. If you have got a book in front of you, anybody that has put a big book in front of you, please go through it with me as we go on this little dance. You may not always believe what I say, and you don't have to believe what I say, but I often try to refer to the book so that if you are a newcomer or if you haven't been in the big book for a period of time, don't just rely on what I say. I'm trying to tell the truth from Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book, so that you can see where the inspiration, where the masterly
1: detail is set out. So in Bill's story, it tells us, you know, we do this stuff like the desperation of a drowning man. And after I left that
0: treatment facility, something changed. Something changed. I can't tell you what it was. I can't tell you, I just know that something did. (laughs) But prior to that, my problem was that I thought I had to work out what it was. My drunkologue is simply this. It's not a long story.
1: I drank for nearly 30 years, nearly every single day. And now I don't.
0: And I've been sober by the grace of God from the 29th of November
1: 2019. And it's all because I got a sponsor. I showed up. And I turned the pages.
0: When there was a question, they gave me the answer. When there was an action, I took the answer, I took the action. Not always wanting to, but in the end, the great persuader. That being alcohol, which it talks about. On page 48 in We Agnostics, that go persuader was the only thing that could beat me into a state of reasonableness. And by beating in by being beat into a state of reasonableness, I had no other option than to accept the spiritual help that's set out in these pages. What I was doing up to that point was blotting out. I mean blotting out
1: entirely. The intolerable situation. I was blotting it out entirely until it was nearly too late. And somehow or other, something else got in. But alcohol had to, I don't know,
0: yeah, it brought me to the state of hopelessness. It brought me to the point of beyond
1: medical aid. And thank God for it. Thank God for it. I never thought when I came
0: into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous that I would have a long life. I never thought when I came into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous that I would have a happy life. Because I thought that alcohol was my solution. It was the thing that made me
1: happy. It was the thing that was going to keep me going longer and longer and longer. But that turned out to be completely the opposite. In the doctor's opinion, it talks
0: about that our ideals must be grounded in a power greater than ourselves if we are to recreate our lives. And in the little topic that I've selected tonight, if is the first word of that as well. If we are to live long or happily in this world. The word if, in our program of action, is so conditional. You know, if we are to recreate our lives, if we don't, then what's going to happen? If we do the work,
1: what happens? If we don't, what happens? And I have come to understand, having not done the work previously, that if I do the work, it works.
0: If I don't do the work, it won't. So the reason why I'm here at this meeting is because I have a solution in my life that is the solution for every single thing in my life. This part greater than myself that has entered into my heart. And it talks about it on page 25, the first 100. They say with absolute certainty that their creator, has entered into their hearts in a way that is miraculous. And I can certainly say that that is what has happened to me. A lot of this, though, I've only um, realized kind of retrospectively. At the time it was happening, I didn't realize. I was going on a search for this spiritual experience, searching, searching, searching. I I hadn't realized that the moment I opened the book with my sponsor and started on that front cover page and understood the first promise in the book, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. The first promise in the book, past tense, have recovered from alcoholism. I didn't realize that when I went to that first page, I was starting on this spiritual experience. I was already in the spiritual experience. Every time I turned the page, every line I read, every word I started to understand from this funny little dictionary from the 1930s that my sponsor had me get, (laughs) so that I understood the context of the words. I was doing things, Andy, that really didn't be natural to me, but something was already starting to change started to enjoy the parts of the book that I had heard people reading out before. I used to laugh at those people that said, I love this part of the book. And then the next meeting they'd say, Oh, I love this part of the book. Well, how could you love this part of the book when on the day before you loved that part of the book? I thought Alcoholics Anonymous and its members were crazy.
1: They were telling me lies. I love this part of the book. Mm, Really? But I've become one of those people now.
0: At the end of the Doctor's Opinion on the last page, it talks about the fact that um, we earnestly advise anybody to read this book through, and although you may come to scoff, you may remain to pray.
1: I was one of those scoffers, and now I remain to pray. And the little line that's on the flyer for this meeting is actually taken from step five.
0: Tamara and I always um, get a little back and forth on this um, because I will only ever take something from a big book. What's the point of taking it from anywhere else when our program
1: of recovery will only be found in 164 pages? So that's the start of that little line starts
0: um, within step five. And you'll find it at the bottom of page 73, we must be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. But even from the beginning, in step one, I started to understand that I must be entirely honest with myself. In step one, needing to admit, To let the idea in that I was powerless over alcohol, conceding to my innermost self that I was an alcoholic. I came into the rooms to prove to you that I wasn't an alcoholic. And I made a really rough ride of doing that. (laughs) Prove to you that I could work another solution out, that you guys were all crazy and I could go on and continue to control my drinking. All the while, my drinking got more and more out of control. And my life became more and more unmanageable. You see the willingness, the honesty, and the open-mindedness, those essential requirements that it talks about in the spiritual experience. At the back of the book, it's page 567 and 568. The spiritual experience is just a beautiful appendix that describes how this change can come over us and how this willingness, the honesty and the open-mindedness is, are completely indispensable. They're the essential requirements for us and not just once we're you know, starting out in our journey, but that must continue for the rest of our lives. And the interesting little thing that I've picked up on as I've continued to study the book and understand this way of living and live this way of living is it's not how we do this, It's who
1: does it for us. Like I spoke with that same friend this afternoon. And
0: one of the things that he shared was, you know, it's not the life I lead. I don't lead this life. I've got a new employer. Like it says in the third step promises. I take the lead from this power greater than myself. And in taking their lead, I just glide through the day. Just glide
1: through the day. Again, it's not always a smooth running. But now I know I have the choice to be happy. I have the choice to make
0: as to how my day can go. Because I can choose to choose to stay close to the power and do his work well, as it says, in the third step promises on page 63, or I can choose to step away and listen to this ego storm in my mind, this brainstorm that it talks about on page 66, and we'll talk more about that when we get into step four. But I can choose to go down that route of the brainstorm, the ego storm. You see, what I've come to understand as well is that my my ego thoughts and I'm not a psychiatrist or anything, so please just take this in the spirit in which I, I mean it, but you know, this this ego that I have is my first responder. You know, like in the US, the first responders are those that you call nine 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 one one emergency. In the UK, it's nine 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 emergency. They're the first responders to get to any emergency scene. Well, my ego is so fast. It is so loud. And nothing gets in the way of its ability to to attack. It's my first responder. It's louder than any voice. Yet, this little light that's inside me, the great reality that lives deep down in every single man, woman and child, that's where it may only be found, as it says on page 55. That little light that little spark just sits very, very gently,
1: very, very quietly. And it's for me to tap into that awareness.
0: You know, to pause when agitated rather than jump in with the egoic thought that is the fastest thing that will come to my mind. And when that fastest thing comes to my mind, it often means that I'm attacking you because I'm trying to defend
1: myself. And whether it's attack or defense, attack or defense, it's all the same thing. The byproduct of that is that I become exceptionally unhappy. In listening to my
0: thoughts, in listening to that first responder, in listening and reacting to that ego storm, that brainstorm. I ultimately cause my own unhappiness. But this program of recovery enables us to step away from that and enables us to maintain this certain simple attitude. It enables us to set aside every single thing we think we know in order to have a new experience with God every moment. On page 59, there's the most exceptionally beautiful line in the book, and I adore it, and it simply says this, May
1: you find him now. May you find him now. And the ability to find him now in
0: this moment is one of the most beautiful experiences that I have come to appreciate and have in my
1: life. One breath at a time. One breath at a time in this moment. Because that's all we have. My happiness, if I'm to
0: live long and happily in this world, my happiness comes from this precise, exact moment because nothing else exists. And to be able to remain present in that one moment, everything starts to make sense. I'm no longer afraid of the future. I'm no longer worried about the past because none of that exists. None of it exists. All of the resentments that I had are those things that are being resent from the past that I'm holding on to, that I'm allowing to define myself.
1: And that shape me in a way in which God does not want me to be. That one breath at a time has got me through this week, which has been relatively difficult. But all
0: in all, one of the most beautiful weeks of learning for myself. And that my dependence, my reliance upon God has got stronger and stronger and stronger, even though my ego <laughs> and the brainstorm has been exceptionally loud. You know, this thing isn't rocket science. It's really not rocket science. But we are rocketed. We are absolutely rocketed to the fourth dimension of existence, which gets indescribably wonderful as time passes. It's
1: that simple, and I've made very hard going of it prior to getting this solution. You know, in step two,
0: we agnostics, a treasure trove of discovery as to the reasons why we should have this power greater than ourselves in our lives. It never stops giving us the reason why we should tap into this unsuspected inner resource key word there it's unsuspected inner resource it's always been there <laughs> we've just never suspected it that it was we've always been looking outside for all of these external things to make us happy to make us feel better yet all the way that little light was glowing right inside and the more I do this stuff, the more I show up, the more I, I work intensely, one alcoholic with another, the more service I do for my home group, for my area committee, the lighter life gets, the light gets brighter. And somehow things just start to fall into place without me even realising it. In P- on page 50 in um, The Agnostics, it talks about that certain simple attitude It tells us about that even in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of our human resources, we find a new power, peace and happiness. There's that word again, happiness and sense of direction flows into them. I didn't know this was happening to me.
1: I genuinely didn't know it was happening to me. But it did. Because I just kept showing up and doing what I was told following the
0: clear-cut directions set out in mastery detail in these pages. And lo and behold, later on, um, in We Agnostics, there's this beautiful paragraph, and I just love it. They talk about when they see these people who are experiencing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. We rise above our problems. They say God made this possible and we only smiled. Our life is based on a different plane altogether when we have this awakening as the result of the steps. We rise above the problems. The problems are all around me. All of my problems are all around me. But I can't solve the problem at the level of the problem. I have the opportunity to rise above these problems because whilst I'm being of service, whilst I'm doing his work well, whilst I'm staying close to the par, the problems are being sorted out in a manner and in a speed at which I don't need to know, but my unhappiness comes when I want my way to go the way that I want it to go in the time frame that I want it to happen. That's when my
1: unhappiness comes. That's not the way of living that we have now because I trust infinite God rather than my finite self.
0: And as we go through step three and we learn about, you know, the actress running this show, wrestling, satisfaction, if only I could manage well. I start to see those 22 different forms of self in myself. Someone said to me, my friend Mick, Oben Mick, a friend of all of ours from Nashville, he sent me a little message last week and said, You know what, Mags? I can't do a Scottish accent, so I'm not even going to try. But he said, You know what, Mags? There's no pictures in that big book of ours,
1: but there's a lot of mirrors. And he's 100% right. There are no pictures in this book, but I can look at every page and see my reflection in the mirror. Isn't that powerful? I can see my reflection in every single word. I can tune into every single word and say, yeah,
0: that's me. Yeah, that's me. The good, the bad, the indifferent. Yeah, that's me. But you know what? Yeah, that's me too. There is a solution. There is a solution. The word solution is mentioned in the doctor's opinion. It's mentioned and
1: there is a solution, obviously the chapter. It talks about the solution right from the very start.
0: And we start to receive that solution the moment we start doing the work. If we do the work, it works. If you don't, it won't. That's my experience. But this book is a reflection of me. Like I said at the beginning, the words haven't changed, but it has changed me. By tapping into this power, oh my goodness, the spark within me, sometimes somehow it gets ignited. And I say to my sponsees all the time, let your light shine. Just let your light shine. Don't get involved. Don't get in the way of it. You know, we deal with a a really normal substance that I have a really abnormal reaction to. It's so cunning. It's so sly. It's so baffling. It wants me cut off from the light every single time. It is it's got so much more power than anything I've ever
1: experienced in my life. It wants to dim my light. You know, in doing the work, when we get into how it works,
0: we have to do the work. When we go into this fearless and thorough moral inventory of ourselves, it does take work. It's not easy. But let me tell you that effort is so worthwhile. Like it says in More About Alcoholism, the moment
1: I made up my mind to go through with the process, something changes. And this program solves all my problems.
0: The moment I made up my mind to go through with this process, when I left the treatment facility and called my sponsor, something changed. But I knew that I had to get into the work. And my step four, for anybody that's new about, please, 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 do not be put off by step four by reading it on the scrolls on the wall and hearing it over and over again like Charlie Brown's teacher when chapter five, how it works is read out. Wow, 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 wow. The fourth step on the short for, in the short form on page 59 is the short form 100%. Yet in the rooms, we terrify newcomers and those that are returning who may have walked at that step because we only talk about the short form, the fearless and thorough moral inventory of ourselves. Whereas in actual fact, in the long form, it starts on page 64 and doesn't finish until page 70. And the detail that we go into with our sponsor takes us through one of the most beautiful prayerful exercises that enables us to get down to the causes and the conditions that underlie the symptom of our alcohol. Like it says on page 19, the elimination of our drinking was but the beginning. We needed to get down to the causes and the conditions. We needed to face the facts. We needed to be rid of the things inside ourselves that were blocking us from the sunlight of the spirit. And it's not a fearful moral inventory of ourselves. It's a fear less. There's nothing
1: to be afraid of. Steps four through nine. are the ones that possibly caused me the most anxiety but gave me the greatest growth. That's what I
0: talked to my, my, my friend, Scott, about this afternoon. I was filled with trepidation when I went into them. yet the release, oh my goodness me, the release from four through nine was just incredible. The release from the bondage of myself. It was like a pressure cooker. It was like a pressure cooker just being released beyond belief. I had nothing to be afraid of. I was in this most beautiful, prayerful exercise. I didn't like it. The waters got choppy. I didn't like doing it. I didn't like looking at it. But the reality of it was what I came to understand that I was 100% the author of my hurt.
1: I wrote the story. I was the author of my own hurt. And in clearing these blocks, turning the
0: pages, getting rigorously honest with myself and another person,
1: like it says in step five, God became the owner of my heart. I became possessed by this power. And to move from somebody
0: that was so hurt that was always the victim. You were always to blame. To have my heart blown open. To have more room in my heart to be able to give this away is something spectacular, remarkable, as it says in our book. And the word remarkable is so important. My sponsor has taught me this, Remark. This programme is so remarkable because we have to keep on remarking on the things that happen. The word miracle is thrown around a lot in the rooms, but it is true. It's a miracle, you know, that Christina, Andy, Joe, Marcy have
1: all of these days of sobriety. It's a miracle. But I'm no longer, I'm no longer the author of my heart. Because you can't hurt me You can't do anything to me. You can't treat me in the wrong way. Because what I've come to believe and what I've come to know is that beautiful word namaste.
0: It gets thrown about a lot as well. Namaste. What I know now,
1: because my heart has been blown open, is namaste. The God in me. Sees the God in you. And
0: it's only by the grace of God and this program, when those blocks have been removed from me, that I become so incredibly light. I go into my step five, illuminating every twisted character, every dark cranny of the past. Not all of the dirty, dark secrets. Illuminating, illuminating, shining a light on everything where for the first time ever I can be alone
1: at perfect peace and ease and be happier than I've ever been before.
0: You know, what I had done previously, I heard someone talk about this on some podcast, not AA, so I won't mention it, but they said, you know, This dependence on God, we sometimes think that it's about, you know, just sending the butler in to do the jobs. Just send the butler in to do the job, and we'll just wait here whilst the butler does the work. Then he'll come back and get more jobs to do. No, I have an active participation in my own program of recovery. I just don't hand it over to the butler, get them to do all of the jobs and sit and wait.
1: I have to do the work also. I have to play an active role in my own recovery. And then
0: often it's, it's that point of finding him now, finding him now, finding him now, remembering that I must be aware of the awareness. Sometimes I forget to be aware of the awareness. I forget about this God consciousness stuff. <laughs> I might be making this very complicated, but this is about my mind being open to being aware of the fact that this part
1: is working in and through me. Always, it's always there. And you know, I'm in a constant conversation with God. Constant. God comes with me everywhere.
0: Comes with me everywhere. I went to the pharmacy today to get something and, you know, God came along with me. That's how we rock. You know, in Bill's story, he talks about my newfound friend. That word is capitalized, meaning another word for God. That Andy might become your own conception of God. But I found the best friend who sticks by me no matter what. And that friend is the God of my own understanding. And you know what? He rocks. He's pretty cool. He's helped me understand that. My pride no longer matters because I illuminated all of those twists of character in my step five when I was honest with another person, honest with many people when I went through my step five over and over again to shed more and more light about the characters that keep showing up. A different ego will show up depending on what part, which person I'm with. So this theater of dreams, whatever you want to call it, because that's all this life is for me is a dream. I make it up as I go along. When in actual fact, when I tap into the great reality,
1: all I see is the truth. All I hear is the truth. If there's that little, if I choose to listen. Because I have the choice. And you know, six and seven, seven, sorry. Um, yeah, was I ready? It took some pushing because I still thought that I could do this myself. But then, again, I had no other option than to accept the spiritual
0: help. I clung on to a few things that were objectionable. I caused my own hurt. I caused my own pain because I thought I knew better. And in the end, I had to let go. God take all of me. I mean it all of me. Every single last bit of my thoughts, my feelings, my sensations, take every last bit of me because I need you to guide me for the rest of my life because I don't know what to do.
1: I'm here to play the role that you assign me. I'm here to be of maximum service to God. Not for him to be of maximum service to me when I want him for my needs.
0: I asked God to remove my alcoholism in that treatment facility, and I said in that prayer that I would do for you what you need me to do for the rest of my life. The next morning, when I woke up, having said that prayer on the Wednesday evening, everything changed.
1: I asked, and God delivered. It was profound. It was profound. And every day I have those moments. Every day. And in making my amends, I got courage. You know, I began to outgrow
0: the fear of facing these people that I needed to make the amends to. Like I said earlier, that four through, through nine... Was the biggest growth spurt I've ever been through in my life. People of faith have courage. I had the courage behind me, inside me, to go and face these people and understand how I could make the amends, how I could change, how I could shift. Some of those relationships aren't what they were or what I thought they were going to turn out to be, but that's okay. Because what I've come to understand, what I've come to believe with this part greater than myself,
1: everything, everything happens for a reason. God is everything. Like I genuinely mean that, God is everything. And the ability to be able to,
0: to accept things, sometimes going through a little bit of the, maybe I don't think so, God, are you having a laugh? Maybe we should try it this way. Even through all of
1: that, God is everything. And you know, as I move into step 10, 11 and 12, what
0: gems, like precious gems of directions that
1: enable me just to be me. To be able to experience life
0: on a daily basis because I need to maintain my fit spiritual condition. The condition gets sorted out by God, but I got to do the exercises. I go into the gym, I got to lift the weights. Not that I go to the gym, not that I lift the weights, but it's the only analogy that I can think of at this time.
1: (laughs) But I got to take the action. The maintenance gets sorted out. And I never thought that step 10, 11, and
0: 12 would be something that I would look forward to in my life, continuing to watch myself. I heard somebody, or I hear a lot of people, and I don't know whether this is right or wrong, it doesn't matter, I'm not judging or anything, but you know that you know step 10 is the, the daily version of step four. Well,
1: it's not, it's not, because we're now on a different plane. Our thought life
0: is placed on a higher plane in step 10. In step four, we're still working through the mire. You know, we're still working through all of the selfishness, the self-centeredness. We're still blocked at that point, potentially, from the sunlight of the spirit. Whereas in step 10, we're on a completely different plane. And to be able to watch myself every single day for the selfishness, the dishonesty, the resentment, the fear... That's where the growth comes for me. To tap into me because you are never the issue. The reason why I'm angry, the reason why I'm frightened, the reason why I'm resentful is never the reason in that moment. There's always something else going on inside me. I can cover it up with, I think it's you, but it's not. It's always me and I can't change you. I've come to realize that my life is so much more
1: happier and I'm going to live longer and happier in this world because all I can do is look at me. And in looking at myself, seeing what's going on inside me,
0: somehow or other with that heart being blown open, I can see you much more compassionately. I can see you with much kinder eyes. I can listen to you in a much more connected way whereas
1: previously I wasn't able to do that and resolutely turning my thoughts to help
0: other people and love and tolerance is our code and all of that they just roll off my tongue but to know what they actually mean to be able to live this way is remarkable you know on page 20 right at the very beginning in step one it tells us Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depends upon our constant thought of others. My friend here has has taught me about how definite the words are in the book. You know, how definite the words are. So important, the constant thought of others. My very life depends on it. And I'm not running about the streets of Belfast like Mother Teresa. I say this all the time. But every opportunity I have to turn my thoughts to someone else it takes me away from the unhappiness that I may be within that moment. Find him now. Lo and behold, something changes. And in my step 11, oh my goodness,
1: <laughs> to improve that conscious contact with God, to sit in quiet time, to be able to sit with my own thoughts, to be able to understand those corrective measures that are given to me. to have this contemplative way of, of doing my inventory and connecting with that power, but only to ensure that I can be more useful, to get that direction, you
0: know, to see what we can pack into the stream of life, to be able to let things flow, ebb and flow with whatever enters my day. Whereas I was always the barrier. I was always the person that was putting up the dam. That's a problem. That's not a solution. Problem after problem after problem. Now, you just get over it. You get round it. You dig underneath it. Because the power gives you the intuitive thought to be able to do that. If we practice this every single day, it gets easier and easier. The connection gets stronger and stronger. And yes, there will be days where we might get a little bit of cloudiness. But what do we do? Like an old-fashioned radio, we tune the dial. We tune the frequency. You know, when you're in the car and the radio isn't playing the music as loudly and you can't hear the word, you tune the dial. Well, that's what I do with the par. I tune into the frequency. And lo and behold, the music
1: comes through clearer, clearer, more beautifully than ever before. And my step 10 and 11, I say this all the time. It's not about making me feel better. That is the byproduct. But as in practicing 10 and
0: 11, the greatest happiness, the greatest joy is given to me in my life. And I want to live longer because of
1: this. My step 10 and 11 makes me more effective at 12. Having had the spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, I try to carry this message and practice these principles in all my affairs. My friend Darren from Nashville, who introduced himself when I saw him come on, I came on, I got tears in my eyes because this is where the happiness comes
0: that no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we can see how our experience can benefit others. I'm working with others on page 89, the second paragraph. I would often hear Darren at meetings talking about the fact that this little paragraph is the one
1: that he does. Might be different now, but this paragraph reminds me of him and The work
0: that those guys do in that part of the world, that all of you guys do across the world in helping other people. This, for me, is where the happiness comes that I never knew
1: could exist. When you sit and work with another alcoholic, life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others to watch loneliness vanish,
0: to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This
1: is an experience you must not miss and we know that you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our
0: lives. That's where we ignite the fire. That's where we ignite the light.
1: That's where we let our light shine. And all of this, if I'm not living a happy life, it's going to seem like a very, very long one. (laughs) That's truly the case. But through the grace of God, through the practice of these spiritual principles, not
0: my personal motives, the practice of these 36 spiritual principles, by which
1: I'm grounded. Whatever comes, I let it come. Whatever stays, I let it stay. And whatever goes, I let it go. That, for me, is the recipe for happiness because in this moment, one breath at a time, when I find him now, there's only happiness, there's only love, and that's all we have to give. So I think I'll leave it there.
0: Thanks you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging
1: a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.